Welcome back here for another episode of the Diversions Podcast. I'm your host here, Ketty, and laughing across from me is... Sup, nerds, it's me. Oh, <laughs> man. He, he spent five minutes before we started this thinking, I really got to come up with a new way to intro this podcast, and then he does the same goddamn thing. No, I, I said welcome back. Usually I say something else. I don't know what I say. All right, all right, all right. It's classic. It's iconic. It's okay, buddy. We'll think of something else. I'll think of a new catchphrase pretty soon. Hey, man, if it ain't it'll, broke, don't fix it. It'll, it'll come to me. Fair enough. It'll come to me. But quite a few topics here for us today. Um, I guess to start off with our new November segment, new show November. Yes. Is one of the shows I actually do want to start with. It's actually called Blue Lock. I don't know if you looked into it yet or not. That's the soccer anime, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw the trailer for that and I was like, oh, I know Katie's going to want to talk about this at some point. Oh, yeah. I'm going to like it. If you're a fan of Squid Games and if you're a fan of soccer, this is definitely anime for you. Yeah, it's like they're trying to like play their way out of a prison camp or something yeah essentially right uh basically the premise of it is japan knows that they have a good team play and like they but they always fail at the world cup because they don't have a selfish pure striker or forward basically okay to finish off the goals because they're always thinking of team play and putting the team first so they're just like we got to develop one player who is like in in the penalty box and just takes the ball and just fucking scores and so, like, in order to develop that player, we need to get all the forwards that are, like, good in Japan, put them in this arena-style Squid Games camp. Oh, so it's just for forwards? It's strikers? just for forwards, and it's just, like, the it's... only way you keep moving up is, like, you have to, like, elim- eliminate the other forwards from the competition. Is there, like, death or anything in it, or is it just, like, humiliation? Uh, humiliation, and basically, if whoever gets eliminated can never be called up to the Japan team ever. But they're prisoners, right? No, they're not prisoners. Oh, they're just like put in this camp for. Yeah, they're like under U sixteen through under nineteen uh, Jap- course, Japanese players. Yeah, and so basically they're they're risking their whole careers for us for this uh, one shot at like being called for the senior squad for the Japan team, and basically if, if they fail, they can never represent their country ever. So they just got sick of being the Spurs, and now they're going to be whatever team LeBron is on. Uh, I want to say that I would say. They definitely got sick of being the Spurs, and I'm talking about you, Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, but now they want to be like top dog, basically. They want to go to the next level. They want to be champions. What they a, want to taste trophies. What a timely turn of events, considering World Cups are on the horizon. No, yeah, they did. They definitely timed that perfectly. World Cup starts in just a week. Well, from from when we're recording this, it's just a week away, coming this Sunday. Nice. So, very excited about that. Wait, it starts Sunday? Yeah, it starts on Sunday. It's in Qatar this year, right? Yeah. Huh. It's pretty bad. A lot of people are protesting. A lot of people are upset about the whole human rights thing. And it's like, for me, it's like... <laughs> human rights. Who cares? Uh, it's a little a little too late. Like, this is shit you should have been protesting years ago. I mean, more power to you if you're protesting it now, but it's kind of too late. But it is funny, though, that Qatar is hiring people to pose as fans to create, like, this atmosphere. Because nobody really wants to go to Qatar <laughs> to watch this World Cup, so... Yeah, there's like the whole thing with like the Live Golf Tournament too, where they like created their own golf series and a bunch of American players dropped out. And oh yeah, I think I heard about that. Yeah, but then like yeah, it was it's it's golf controversy. It's about as intense as you can get. Yeah, they didn't even know golf could have controversy. They didn't golf clap quietly enough. <laughs> That's a big one. The most golf controversy I ever know is fucking Billy Madison. <laughs> Not Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. I always get those two confused. They're, I mean, Happy Madison is the name of his production company, so it's a toss-up between which one your brain decides to latch on to. I don't know. I feel like my brain has combined these two movies into like one super big Adam Sandler movie. Honestly, if you could get those movies together in some like 
cinematic universe, I'd be happy with it. You can get some shenanigans. All the Adam Sandlers together in one place. They should do a multiverse of Adam Sandler. <laughs> get the guy from Kingdom Hearts pilot to animate it. Throw him together. Eight crazy, eight crazy nights That's with Adam exactly Sandler. That's exactly where I was going to go. That's what it's going to be. Eight crazy dimensions with Adam Sandler. <laughs> there you go. That's the title. Uh, but I guess the other show that I've been watching, actually, and I really actually enjoyed a lot, is called uh, Mythic Quest. Have yeah. you looked into that one yet? No, but I know what you're talking about because I, I don't have Apple TV, so I can't watch it. But, um, yeah, when it came out, it like had no fanfare whatsoever. But I was like, oh, this is an interesting concept. And uh, it's uh, Rob McElhenney is in it, right? Yeah, he's a series creator, producer, along with Charlie Day. Okay. And I don't Those know Those guys are else. so freaking prolific like they, and they some, make content so much yeah it's it's him and some other dude uh i forgot the actor's name but he's also in the show he's like he plays david in the show i just forgot but i guess oh, he's i guess david. he's also he's also in always sunny he plays like some character in always sunny i'm not really familiar with always sunny in philadelphia i've watched a few episodes here and there but i haven't really like dove into the oh david hornsby that's his name yeah he's ricky cricket and uh Summit always sunny yeah so he plays david in uh, mythic quest he's like the executive producer Ooh, and danny pooty's in this yes that is the oh Derek waters too that's about the extent of actors i know oh and john dimaggio let's go he hasn't well i've only one season in so far he hasn't appeared yet so i'm waiting for him to come in oh this is a cool looking crew yeah, it's a really good show, actually. Um, for those who don't know, Mythic Quest is about a video game company that makes a game called Mythic Quest. It's kind of like, I guess, World of Warcraft kind of style game. Nerds. Um, basically, you know, they keep adding, like, expansion packs to it and, you know, all types of shenanigans happen behind the scenes. And it's a really great show. Um, my favorite character so far, I think, is Poppy. My favorite character is apparently Snoop Dogg because he's on the cast list and he <laughs> plays, guess what? Snoop Dogg. <laughs> That must be in the later seasons. There's currently three seasons out right now. I think season three is ongoing right now. I'm about to finish season one. It's been great so far. I like it a lot. Okay. I'm going to check that out one of these days. Yeah. If you're a fan of video games and just like, you know, seeing how the process of it being not, not, not the true process, but just like behind the scenes stuff, I think you'll enjoy it. So it's pretty fun. I like it a lot. So definitely check it out. serious version of Grandma's Boy. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Happy Madison Productions. Yeah. There you go. Wow, see, it's all colliding. Yeah, Adam Sandler knew what he was doing. Yeah, I like, but yeah, this is, I guess, a more. I don't want to say sophisticated version of Grandma's Boy, but I don't know. It's just, it's just really good. I like the show a lot. Feels more real. It feels more real. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And I know it's good because it got Talia's attention. So (laughs) that's our level of, uh, that's our barometer. If someone pays attention to it. Well, yeah, I mean, for someone who is not really familiar with like the, I guess, behind the scenes aspects of like producing a video game and like what it takes it's fair i mean i'm not familiar with the aspects of uh saving the world but i like superhero movies so you know i mean it's different is it though definitely is but that's all i have so far for a new show november this week okay um have a lot of, a lot of other stuff i want to dive into but haven't just had a chance to yet but you know thanksgiving great great thanksgiving break is coming up but we'll see what happens when that comes and Oh, the other thing I want to update you on is I actually saw uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Yes, you were started talking about this and we were like, no, save it for the pod. Yeah, um, I definitely enjoyed the movie. Um, for me, it was not too much different than the first movie. I mean, there's there's big differences from the first to the second. But I think because of the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman that the whole script had to be changed. And that definitely affected the story. Yeah, I mean, they had a 
rewrite an entire movie that they had planned for years. Yeah, because apparently uh, I was reading about productions behind the scenes and everything, and nobody knew that Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick, uh, Chadwick Boseman had a cancer. Yeah, no, he kept it secret from everyone. Yeah, which is insane for me. It was just like seriously, wow. man, what a what a legend. It's 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 fucking insane. And so when he passed, they were all pretty much like caught by surprise, and it was just like, oh shit, now we have to change this whole story that we had planned. And but it was a really nice touching tribute in the beginning of the movie because you know how like whenever a Marvel movie starts they do the whole they play the music and they mm-hmm. show all the scenes from like the first Marvel movie to what's gonna be the, I guess the character of the movie. Mm-hmm. So in a touching tribute, basically it was like a moment of silence and it was just all scenes of just Chadwick Boseman from uh, what was it Civil War, Black Panther, Infinity War, Endgame, all that stuff. So it was really nice. Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, he wasn't even in the universe that much, but he made a huge impact. Oh, he definitely made a huge impact because, I don't know, he just commanded that much charisma. Yeah, he was an awesome actor. Him playing T'Challa on SNL, doing uh, uh, all the game shows and stuff like that, those are some of the funniest bits I can ever remember being on SNL in, like, the last decade. I gotta gotta look into that because I don't think I've ever seen that, to be honest. Oh, they're so funny. I, I'll show, I'll send you some clips. It's like, do you know black people or something like that? And he's one of the contestants. Oh man! But overall, though, I would say the first Black Panther movie, I would give it like seven, six out of ten. I remember liking it, but I was like, this is all just pretty lights flashing. Yeah, the the first movie was pretty much cookie cutter, just because they wanted to appeal to all audiences and not just one specific uh aud- like target audience. I guess I feel like if they focus more like. The black experience it would have been a lot better movie, but because they had to appeal to the masses and because, you know, people like to complain. I feel like they tried to do that with, like, Killmonger's story, but maybe a little watered down. I could see that. But I'm a white guy. I have no excuse talking about this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. A lot of people like to say that Killmonger, like, was right for what he was trying to do and that he had a reason. But a lot of, I don't think they really understood his message. They were saying he was a revolutionary. I'm like, no, 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 no. He was not a revolutionary. This is a man who wanted to put the whip in the people who were oppressed hands. Like, he was like, no, now it's our turn. Like, he said it himself. I was like, I want to hand the weapons over to the people of the oppressed. That's not a revolutionary. That's just flipping the status quo back to handing the whip over to the people who are oppressed. Eh, let's see how they deal with it for a little while. Then we'll find the middle ground. I'm just saying. It's but, like a seesaw. Eventually it gets to the middle, but you got to go up and down a few times. But no, it's like, but that's not, but a lot of people are saying, it's like, he was trying to be a revolutionize everything. Like, no, that's not revolution. That's still. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a revolution, if you ask me. Not really. A revolution, like, dismantles the whole hierarchy. Eh, I could say there's different ways to go about revolutionizing things. I don't know. I just, for I'm me, just saying like, revolutionary war. Yeah, that dismantled the whole hierarchy of us being controlled yeah and then we, we became a world power fuck you britain just I mean, kidding i love britain i don't know they seem fun they seem like jolly folks over there who knows but either way kill Margaret for me is still wrong a lot of people who think he's right it's like no he was never right he this man True. was but we got a lot of shirtless michael b jordan out of that and i'm okay with it i don't know and it's not that i don't like him as an actor i just feel like he plays the same person in every movie yeah i could see that for sure it's, it's just the same. I don't think it's his fault, though. Those are the roles he's getting. I don't know. I mean, like, if he's the one produce, Did he produce Creed? Uh, I don't know if he produced one or two, but he completely... I think he might have wrote, but I know for a fact he directs uh, Creed 3, which uh, I didn't even know there was three at this point. That kind of snuck up on me. Yeah, no, but, like, it, 
for me, it's just like it, even if it's not his fault, like as a director and him as an actor, you got to be like, you got to understand these are different people, so they got to approach things differently. But for me, Killmonger is fucking the same person that he is in Creed. I'm mm, okay. Like I, I see the same thing. I can't, I can't like. I don't totally agree with that. I think that's more of you just seeing the same guy doing. Maybe it's just the way he talks. I don't know. It's just I can't. To me, it's just like it's just like this is Donnie just later in the years if he fucking goes crazy in the army. Okay. That's about it. But back to Black Panther too. Uh, I definitely like uh, Namor. He was a pretty fun character to watch. You cool. know, who plays uh, Namor in this? Uh, his name is uh, Tenocha Huerta. Shoo. Good luck. Mexican actor. Great actor, too, actually. Man, that dude definitely had a screen presence, to be honest. Really good. Um, but I definitely like how they uh, portrayed, you know, basically, what I guess what I call, like, my ancestors' culture. I was really nice. The only thing, there was some, my one complaint is, like, anytime they had, like, the underwater scenes or they would, like, explore uh, uh, the underwater city, uh, it was very dark. You couldn't really see much, and I don't know. It's maybe because of budget cuts, or because CGI, or maybe it was just a creative choice, like to show that that you know they they want to be hidden away from the world. But I'm just like, compared to seeing how Atlantis was portrayed in Aquaman, like this is completely different. And I was like a little bit underwhelmed because I was just like, damn, I would like, to, I would definitely want to like to see more. I mean, but also this city also only had like one light source, as opposed to where Atlantis was like a bioluminescent city. Okay. But there was definitely some scenes that were way too dark, and I couldn't see what the hell was going on. Yeah, I feel like that's a big trend in a lot of movies lately, is that, like, I can't even tell what's going on. No, yeah, it was it, it was pretty bad, because, like, I had to, like, one, I was watching this in Dolby, and, like, Dolby is supposed to be, like, the superior way to watch uh, a movie. And it's still, it's still it was still dark. I had to, like, really squint and, like, concentrate on what the fuck I was watching. Yeah. So. So I can't do theaters, man. I don't know. Like, I feel like if I, even if I watched it at home, it still would have been as bad. Like, yeah, you could have cranked up the light though, or something. I don't know. It's just overall the movie was so good. I like. I I would also I would still give it like a six or seven out of ten. There was still some stuff. I feel like that's kind of the par for the course now with anything Marvel. It's just like they're gonna make okay movies and occasionally bring them together in like some big culmination. No, yeah, I think it's just because it had to be like another origin story for Shuri. Um. I mean, yeah. this kind of sets the story back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this isn't really much of a spoiler. Obviously, she's going to become the next Black Panther. If you guys didn't know that, then I don't know. Can't help you here, folks. Can't help you here, folks. Like, like it's pretty obvious. They even show it in the trailer. So, but they also showed in Riri Williams, who I don't know if they're going to have any connection with her uncle, like they do in the comics, because in the, in the comics, her uncle is War Machine. So. I know she has a show coming up, too, for Disney Plus coming out next year. So. Oh, okay. And then also, yeah, the city was named Talokan. I always forget what it was called, but yeah. Yeah, basically, when I ever showed the scenes of Talokan, it was like pretty, not dark, but it was just like, you could definitely tell it was underwater. I just wish you could brighten it up a bit or like make it more visible. Yeah, they'll figure it out. I know, but what is impressive is that uh, Tenok actually learned how to like hold his breath for underwater for like, more than five minutes basically did they need him to do that for the movie uh apparently they did they they actually shot a lot of scenes underwater so like the whole i guess marvel doing practical effects yeah it what? was fucking yeah it was pretty fucking impressive huh 
Seems uh, out of character for them, but I'll take it. Yeah, so basically the whole cast of the people who played the citizens of Talokan, uh, they all learned how to like hold their breath underwater for long periods of time. Um, and Tanok also learned how to swim because apparently he didn't know how to swim before this. Oh, that seems like a big prerequisite. If you're gonna <laughs> I mean, yeah, playing. if you're going to be playing Namor, I'm just saying, like, you got to learn how to swim. Yeah, my, the doggy paddle's not going to cut it. Yeah, no. But either way, I, I definitely, one thing I actually also really enjoyed about a Namor was, like, about his winged feet is, like, it kind of rattled like a rattlesnake whenever he was flapping them. Huh. So it was pretty cool because one, it plays it plays more into like the culture of like the Mayan of mm-hmm. being uh, the serpent god, the Quetzal, or as they call them in the movie, Kulukan. So it was pretty cool. I I definitely like that. And then I don't know, just it's an interesting touch. Yeah, and just any time he was on screen, I was just like, damn, this dude's fucking badass. Like, I don't know, like it the way they had to beat him, it had to be more like they had to prepare for him, be like, all right, what is this dude's kryptonite? So it was very interesting. What was it? Oh, basically they had to um, basically dry him out. Basically, because they like, had to dry him out. Yeah, because because he wasn't built. Actually, they even stated out in the movie that he's a mutant. He says it himself. I am a mutant, and I'm just like anytime I hear the word mutant in, in like in a Marvel movie now, just the '90s X Men theme plays in my head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, and and also yeah, Namor was one of the first mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, yeah, he's a mutant to his people as well because he doesn't have gills. So the way he takes in oxygen in from the water and how he breathes is through his skin. Okay. Interesting. So that's why he, that's, and then, yeah, they noticed that like anytime before he attacks, he always dives back into the water. Like that seems like a pretty obvious tell. Yeah, they didn't piece it together until, like, after they got their asses kicked, like, three times. I'm just times. picturing, like, them on the beach and him, like, in the water. And they're just, like, he's, like, get in this water. And they're, like, come on this land, bitch. And then just yelling at each other, like, angry Canadians in South yeah. Park. But yeah, basically, they had to, like, dry his skin out. And, like, and like that weakened him pretty much. But even even in his weakened state, he was still kicking ass. But... They literally had to make him ashy. Yeah, basically. Man, <laughs> it's fucked up. But overall, it was still an enjoyable movie. I liked it a lot. It's just unfortunate, you know, for Chadwick Boseman's passing. I feel like with him in it, it would have been a lot better movie. But, mm-hmm. oh, well. Uh, definitely. It was dedicated to him in the end. So, beautiful, t- touching tribute in the end as well. To the king, man. But still a good movie. Check it out if you guys want to check it out. And if not, you know, you can wait for Disney Plus or something. Disney Plus is my answer to everything now. Nice. Not a, not a bad idea. Yeah. But I guess... Another exciting topic here for us today is Avatar Studios. Yeah, first the film. Gang. They're finally coming out. With, they finally, well, not they're finally coming out, but they finally announced what their first film is going to be about. And this is also aimed at my friend over here, Squared Hill, a cartoon movie. Because <laughs> he he thinks he thinks Avatar is an anime. I tell him it's a cartoon. It's a fucking Nicktoon. Eh, who cares what it is? It's awesome. Nah, I care what it is. This is beef right here. Whatever. This is beef. Whatever. Don't whatever it's beef. Whatever. But Avatar Studios, their first film will be about uh, Team Avatar and Aang as their young adults. It's gonna come out on October 10th in 2025, so it's still a f- couple of years away. Yeah, animation takes time. That's a really long time for animations, but given maybe because I don't know, maybe because well, it's a movie, it's gonna be a lot longer I'm trying to get everyone together. Maybe everybody else is tied up in other projects. Wouldn't surprise. Who me. knows? But I'm curious to see what the story is going to be about because I know they're not going to adapt any of the comic books. Or if they do, I think the one that they will adapt is the one called The Promise where uh, Zuko 
and Aang search out for uh, Zuko's mom, basically. Yes. That would be a cool one. I would like to see that because they like allude to her in the cartoon very briefly at the end, and then nothing really comes of that. I never really read all the comics. I read a couple of them, but I don't remember any of the ones that touched yeah. on that storyline. Oh, I read that one. I think that would be a good one. But yeah. I, whether or not they actually go with any kind of a comic inspiration is yet to be determined. But um, call me crazy, but didn't they already announce what all of the movies were going to be? No, they, I think they said they were going to do four movies or five movies. I wasn't entirely sure. I don't remember. They they announced this like a couple years ago, so it's like it's been I, a while for an update. But I remember them saying that they were going to do like a, a gang movie, like as of the adult Avatar crew. Yeah, they're going to do a Korra movie. Yeah, yeah. So they announced what all these were going to be. Uh, they're going to do Kyoshi, and maybe one of the original avatars or something like that. I think so. If they have, it's just been a while. Maybe I just forgot. But I feel like I, I think I remember seeing a picture with this. Um, but regardless, yeah, if this is going to be the first one, I'd like to see what they do. I mean, we'll see how they're going to, you know, maybe play up Avatar and or uh, Aang and Katara. How they navigate their relationship as adults and stuff like that, and maybe see why Aang is apparently such a shitty father. Because that always bothered me. Actually, yeah, Cora, they just make him a terrible dad. I mean, yeah, I mean, I that for me never made sense because it's like this is a person who grew up like without like his own people for the majority of his life, and now he finally like when he finally has his own family, you're gonna tell me like he abandoned his family. It's well, it's like, like the only one he really cared about was Tenzin because he was the Airbender. I mean, for me, that one made sense that he paid more, like, favoritism towards Tenzin because he's an airbender and they had to rebuild, like, the airbending, like, nation. Mm-hmm. So that one made more sense. But to be, like, a terrible father, I'd be like, I don't know. That's kind of weird. And I would feel like Katara would never let that happen either. Yeah, exactly. But we'll see. Maybe this movie will explore a little bit more. It's probably just going to be a little adventure that's not going to mean a whole lot of anything. Who knows? Maybe it does well and they end up doing more things about the gang. But what kind of avatar would you like to see, like, story-wise? Like not, not even just gang related, but like what in the world of Avatar, what would you want to see? I don't know. I would definitely love I, one. I think I would love to see Aang like in his prime, basically. That'd be cool. I'd, I'd want to see something in the future. Something, something in the future would be good. Yeah, something not related to like any of the characters we know at all. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I think I think one another Avatar I would definitely like to see more or like explained about was. Maybe Roku, actually. Yeah. I feel like we got enough of Roku, though. We probably did, but I feel like there's still some stuff that we missed. Because, like, they definitely jumped from, like, when he finished his Avatar training to, like, when he was living on Ember Island. Right. They kind of skipped the Jesus years. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Roku would be a good one. Kyoshi is definitely one I was always interested in, so I'm glad they're doing a movie about her. I think she's one of the more requested ones. Yeah, definitely sure. is. Like, because there's good stuff because he was she was apparently a giant so oh yeah yeah big ass feet yeah i mean they showed it in the uh, in the cartoon series i think when like ang had to like wear her get up and then like yeah. that's how he channeled her spirit or something yeah when he was trying to like unite those two islands of people yeah so it's interesting but i don't know i'm, I'm pretty excited for this i mean it's been a while for like any any avatar related media because i mean the live-action movie was fucking trash. I mean, Netflix is coming out with their own adaption, but we all know that the creators left. Yeah, I'm one. not confident in that one's ability to impress me at all. Yeah, I don't know what to expect in it. It's is just any live. I've, have you ever seen a live-action cartoon that made you like, or a live-action adaptation of a cartoon or an anime that has actually impressed you? Because I've never seen one. Hmm, that is an interesting topic. I think we'll have to think about that. 
if anyone listening, please let us know. Definitely. Oh, I'm making an Instagram page for this podcast. So we'll pose this question up and let us know in the comments there if you have seen any live action adaption of a cartoon or anime that has actually. We'll make a Twitter too so we can take a poll of it. Yeah, that too. If Twitter still exists by then. True. They are uh, <laughs> a few a few minutes away from being complete dumpster fire. Yeah, it's fucking insane. I I mean I've I've been laughing about it this whole time just because I don't know those fake Twitter accounts. One, they cost the company so billions funny. of dollars because they said insulin was free, and I was like, hell yeah. No, they're not. It costs too much money, and then they lost billions in revenue. I yeah, they basically uh, pulled all their Twitter ads and like shut down their. their whole i don't want to say twitter department but they shut down like their twitter account and everything else just because you're just like fuck this it's going great musk you're doing an awesome job buddy i mean it's it's fucking ridiculous all this just because he wanted to charge people eight dollars and it's like now he's losing so much because of eight dollars. i heard something about how he wants to like make twitter a bank of some sort now no i, I don't get it see this is I think people are now finally seeing like Musk's true colors because like one, he's never created anything. Everyone's be like, oh, he did Tesla. He did PayPal. It's like, no, he never created those companies. He bought them off other people who created them. And that's why they're successful because they were already established. So this is an interesting time to be alive. Yeah. So that's a whole completely different tangent from when we were talking about Avatar Studios. (laughs) That's what we do. We get distracted here. We do get distracted. But the, I just remembered the other thing that I, I, one that I was interested was about that African avatar. Yes. That's the one I was specifically thinking of too. And I thought it was going to be legit, but I think it turned out to be like a fan project. It was just a fan comic, but it was really cool. Yeah. It definitely looked really good. I, I hope they bring him in and hopefully they can adapt that story because that looked really interesting. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'd like to see anything not related to the characters we already know. As or much you- as I love them, we're done. We're done with them. We've done enough about them. Yeah, I feel like after the first movie, their story can definitely be concluded. Now that I'm thinking about it even more, I would definitely like to see what happened after the first Avatar won, the guy who got reincarnated after yeah. him. Because we saw... He died during a war, so I want to see what happened after the war. And like, what does that Avatar do? Yeah, because like, we saw that story in um, some of the episodes of Korra. Probably but, the best episodes of Korra, so... But then there is a several generations gap between we get to the, any of the Avatars we actually know, so... Yeah, I'd like to see some of like the early years of like learning what is an avatar. How did the avatar become to be known? Like, there's a lot of lore to be explored in that like big missing time period. I think that would be a cool one. So I have to say, in the past, nothing to do with anyone we know, or in the future, with no nothing right, to right. do with anyone we know. Yeah, Just give me def- something fresh, avatar. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. It's exciting. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Twenty twenty five still is a long time for me, even even for animation wise. So I don't know yeah. what. Maybe they're bringing in new technology or something. But still, it's it's wild. I'm still excited to see it. Who cares? Give them the time to make a good product. I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm fine with that. But still, I guess like three to two, two to three years away. So, but think about it. They might be working on some of these movies simultaneously. So I mean, they, it's that's probably it. That's so long. they'll probably put them out in like chunks, like twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven. Like they'll probably. Once they're made, they're going to come out. Quickly. Yeah, I'm just wondering what platform they'll be on. Or if they're going to be like a theatrical release. Is it? I'm all for theatrical I'd release. I'd be okay with theatrical release, but I mean, they'll probably land on Netflix or something like that. God, I hope not. Would they, though? Because they already have the live action one. I don't know. I, I guess it depends. But I would. So, I mean, obviously, they have I, I would, to those. I would push for more of the theatrical release. So. Por qué no los dos? I don't know. But it also depends if they're still. I think if the IP is still owned by Nickelodeon, maybe it'll come to Paramount Plus. That'd yeah. be a big plus for Paramount Plus. 
Hey, they already got a plus. Yeah, now they got another one. Plus plus. I don't know. I, I don't have anything funny to say. <laughs> but our next topic over here is it finally happened, folks. Well, not that it finally happened, but. 25 years in the making. Oh my god, it has been a long time. Our boy. This kid. Our boy. All the way from Palatown. Finally did it. He has finally become the world's greatest trainer. Apologies for anyone who watches the English dub, but they like put this all over the. This, this was on ESPN. Yeah, I've, I've, wait, was it really? <laughs> yeah, this was on ESPN's story and like oh uh, articles. Gosh. Yeah, they were just. It, it's crazy how they treated this like an actual ESPN ate the Ocho over here yeah it wasn't even the Ocho it was on the main ESPN account yeah ESPN Bleacher Report all that stuff hell yeah Ash Ketchum finally beating Lance becoming the Pokemon Grandmaster no he didn't beat Lance he beat Leon Leon. that's the same thing in my head yeah he beat Leon to become the world's greatest trainer in what was called the Masters 8 tournament so basically uh, one of the champions from each region came in together to compete in this tournament with Ash being the champion from the Alola region. So it was pretty insane. And just the animation for that final battle was fucking insane. Yeah, I just saw a clip of the like the first bit of like Pikachu versus Charizard and holy no. shit that was raw. Dude, it was it was it was intense. Like I just I was I was completely blown away. I had to like look up the episode and like watch it for myself and Dude, it, was, it made me want to start rewatching the series all over again. Yeah, I mean you can definitely watch cool. Yeah, the, actually, the whole Pokemon Journey series in the whole has been very refreshing for Pokemon in general. Yeah, I think Pokemon is like kind of getting a nice resurgence going because uh, Scarlet and Violet just came out too. And those uh, games, they come out Friday. They come out Friday. Yeah, they look great. Yeah. Like I might even get them, and I haven't played a good Pokemon game in forever. Just like, Legends of Arceus. Yeah, just Legends of Arceus, which I wouldn't consider a main pokemon game or anything like that right true true but it seems like they're really adapting a lot of the same like mechanics and like fluidity of like motion and everything like that that like really gets you away from like the boring same old same old pokemon games so i'm excited no yeah pokemon's about to make it big no but yeah (laughs) call me crazy but they (laughs) may they might be big one of these days these pokemans yeah, basically, you know, our boy is now the current number one trainer in the world. Let's after, go, Ash. After defeating Leon in a heart-pounding, the uh, twenty nail-biting, the twenty-five-year-old, sixteen-year-old. <laughs> yeah, good for him. A six v six full battle thriller. Oh my god, it was intense. Like watch, watching all the like their battle entirely in full. It was like, did you oof. watch the full thing? I, I watched the full thing. Like, okay, I just watched the first one. I, I want to watch the rest of it, but I kind of want to rewatch the series before I do. You know, I, I I've been I've been keeping up with the series because I've been I'm all caught up with the episodes. I've just oh, been nice. waiting them to unleash like the latest set. But I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna watch the Japanese, and that's what I did. And then I finally caught up to the point of their battle, and then I saw their whole entire battle in full. And it was, it was I'm telling you, it was it was a thriller. It was I was fucking blown away. I was like, I felt like I was watching an actual sporting event, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and also because for the longest time I didn't know which way it was gonna end because like. They can either let him him win or they can let him lose. Well, because he's come so close so many times that, like, it wouldn't be surprising to me if he lost. But, like, I feel like they kind of were like, all right, you know what? He's finally going to win. Well, yeah, because these past three, like, generations of the Pokemon series, um, in the X and Y and Kalos, he went to the finals. And it was his, like, uh, Greninja versus his other guys, Mega Charizard. And everyone's just like, oh, my God, he's finally going to win. He can win. And it's like they're down to the last Pokemon. And, I was like, and he has a type advantage. I was going to say, come on. But in the end, like, he, he lost because the other guy, like, mega evolved his Charizard into Charizard X. So. Cheating. But it was still intense. And, it, I mean, I was kind of disappointed because I was just like, damn. 
this this should have been the one that he won. And I don't know. A lot of people thought they just made him lose so they can keep continuing keeping Ash as the protagonist. Well, now that he has won, what happens? Do we keep following Ash or do we move on to somebody else? I, I think we do because, like, when they came to the Alola region, he also became, that's when he finally became a champion for the first time, like, ever in the series. Right. And people were just like, what happens now? And then they introduced the Masters tournament and, like, uh, basically he was working his way up in the ranks to get into the final top eight, basically. Mm hmm. And then I think the Japanese voice actor, like in an interview, they asked him, "Is like, is this is this it for Ash?" Like, I'm, even I was thinking, I was like, "If this is a swan song, this is definitely one hell of a way to go." That's what I'm saying. Where do you go from here? And the voice actor uh, said that that the dream of becoming a Pokemon master is much greater than just being the world's greatest trainer. So there's probably still a little bit more left in Ash's story. Was he gonna go out there and catch all of them? I feel like there's like a no. I think the whole aspect of catching them all has now fallen into the new character named Go. G O H. That's how I spell it. Go like and Pokemon like Pokemon Go. I, don't I know. see what you're doing there. Maybe I guess I don't know. But I like, see what you're doing, Nintendo. But basically, his dream is to capture Mew, and and I guess that also changed into him being able to catch every single Pokemon. So like, while Ash is focused on battling. Like, I'll try to become the greatest trainer. Go is more focused on catching every single Pokemon. So do you think the story is going to pass to Go or someone similar? It might it, it might just be split between them, too. So Hell, I, I see a world where... I, I, I just... We've had these characters for so fucking long. Like, just make Ash older and him be the mentor, like the doctor, the Professor Oak to, like, a new younger generation. I mean, we'll see. I mean, he has been, like, a bit of a mentor to Go when it comes to in the series. Like, telling him how to capture Pokemon... Like and then throw what? a fucking ball at them. <laughs> well, just that. Now that you have to weaken them. Type advantages, disadvantages, all that stuff. But it is interesting because I do like Goals Adventures as well because he, I don't know, he joined a team called Project Mew where they do like research and they go out and exploring like all these different legendary Pokemon's and how they they're all connected to Mew. So it's a really interesting concept. I think it was pretty cool to like split the two. Like as goals, like being the greatest trainer and catching them all, and to do different characters. So we'll see. We'll see what happens because it won't be a little bit before we get the new anime series when they're in the Paldea region. Gives me time to catch up. Yeah, definitely time to catch up. But also, it's fucking insane, man. Twenty-five years in the making, our boy finally did it. He became the best, like no one ever was. <laughs> As a karaoke room classic for anyone <laughs> who wants to go out. I might even just play the fucking theme song to, to introduce this topic or something. I there really don't know. Let's get hyped. One of those two. One, It's something. I don't know. I have, I, there's a lot of sound effects I can think of to, to introduce and to use. Maybe I'll play some. I don't know. This. I'm just excited because who the fuck? I fucking love Pokemon. And then just watching that episode, I was like, holy fuck. Like, holy fuck. Holy fuck? Yeah. It was intense. Ah, oh, man. It's, it's, just, it's just something about seeing Ash turning his hat backwards. It's just like, ah, shit, we're going to fucking get it. Somebody said uh, Ash turning his hat backwards is way more uh, exhilarating than any Super Saiyan transformation. That oh, that was seen. me. I said that. Was that you? <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> Oof, there you go. It's true. Yeah. I mean, if Ash, if Ash had to face Goku and he turns his hat backwards, Goku's finished. That's Goku's it. ending up in a Pokeball. Yeah. Basically it. But... On the next topic here is a little bit of more of sad news.
R.I.P. to the legend, to a man who was a great part of my childhood, and I'm pretty sure many childhoods, and all the way up until my adulthood, and basically is the voice that I hear every time in my head that I read a Batman comic. Rest in peace to the legendary Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Phenomenal voice actor of Batman from Batman the Animated Series. And like I said before, it's the voice who I hear in my head when I read a Batman comics. And basically, it's the standard for me of who Batman is and what I expect Batman to be, basically. It's tragic, man. I didn't even know he was battling cancer. Uh, yep. That's the theme of the episode. Going from yeah. Chadwick Boseman to Kevin Conroy. I mean... Yeah, that that was a surprise to me. I don't really follow him or anything like that, so I don't know if there was anything that was put out. But, yeah, I mean, just looking at all of the things he's done as Batman, going back for decades, uh, was Batman the Animated Series his first venture as Batman? That was actually his first role as an actor ever, I think. No way! Or maybe. Actually, I think he may have been like done a couple cameos and like a couple of live-action shows, but I think this was probably his first like lead role, if anything. Okay. He actually came out with a comic um, during uh, DC's Pride Month. Because actually, you know, a lot of people didn't know this. He was actually uh, the first, I guess, Batman to be openly gay, I guess, as well. Gay Batman. Um, but he came out with a comic called uh, Finding Batman. And it basically it told the story of how he landed the role of Batman. It's a great comic. So anyone, it's, it's free to read on DC's Universe Infinite. So they made that available for free. So a nice touching tribute for him. Which also, like, what a well, well-rounded person in the community to be able to create your own comic. Yeah. While also being the most iconic voice of one of the most iconic comic book characters of all time. No, I definitely. It, actually, it was also actually his idea to have two different distinct voices for Bruce Wayne and Batman. <laughs> and then Christian Bale took that idea and <laughs> fucking ran with it. Yeah. So it was, it was really interesting. And I think it, it was in the documentary. It's like, I think it's called I Know That Voice. I think it's, I don't know if it's still on Netflix or not, because I remember watching it on Netflix, but really great documentary for anyone interested in voice acting and what it out. takes. Uh, but he basically explained like his whole process of, of his role of Batman. And yeah, I mean, it's just really sad because this is a person who, like I said, was a great influence in my life. I guess to get a little personal touch here is that when I was younger, I had pretty severe asthma to the point I needed like a machine to help me regulate my breathing. Like I had to wear a mask. Did you really? Yeah. Every time I talk to you, I find out something <laughs> about you. I swear to God. Uh, but yeah, I, I was terrified of that mask basically to the point like I just didn't want to wear it. And it's like a little bit. Yeah, that's probably traumatizing as hell for a little kid. Yeah. I mean, was, because anytime I had like it would make a hissing sound. It was just like, I don't want to put this on my face. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, but I guess. Four Bane made it cool too. So, geez. Uh, and then I guess, you know, like my dad introduced me to like Batman. And like he was putting on the cartoon for me and telling me, "It's all like you see what you see what he does." And he's like, "He's like you know he's like beating all these bad guys, like saving the day, and all while he's wearing a mask." And he's like, "Do you want to be like him?" It's like you have to put on your mask. And like me being like a little kid, I'm just like, "Hell yeah, I want to be like that." <laughs> and it kind of like basically it helped me overcome my fear of wearing that uh, breathing mask to help me regulate my breathing. Shout out to Renee, man. And yeah, and then after that, just you know, I would. Batman became one like one of my favorite heroes. He's a good one. One of the goats, voiced by one of the goats. I mean, yeah, definitely one of the goats. I mean, any like the pictures of me as a young child, you see me having a Batman toy in my hand, basically. Dude, you still carry your own Batman shirt with you all day, every day. Yeah, I mean that's true as well. <laughs> to this day, legendary actor, man, he he will greatly be missed, and I I don't know, I just 
I don't know if I could ever like expect to hear a different Batman voice now. I don't know. Big shoes to fill. Honestly, it, it really is. Like, I know the only other Batman voice that I know and that I really liked uh, was dude from Office Space. Bullet played the big construction dude. Is it Bradley? Oh, Diedrich Bader. That's his name. Diedrich Bader. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> he was a guy from Office Space. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he played a uh, Batman. And the Bold, right? Yeah, Brave and the Bold. I yeah. did, definitely like. I like. I his really portrayal. liked his voice. Yeah, him, and then for Young Justice, I know it's a uh, Bruce Greenwood. Um, I'm trying to think, he was in the first Star Trek movie with Chris Pine. He played like he played the captain to the Enterprise before his character died and passed it on to Captain Pike. I think that was his name. Okay, I know who you're talking about then. Yeah. What was his name? Chris Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood, that's the actor's name. And I think oh, his he, name was Bruce? Yeah, and I know he was in the first Star Trek movie with Chris Pine. Yeah, and then, Captain Pike. Yeah. So he plays Batman in Young Justice, and he, he does an okay job. Yeah, he does fine. But, I mean, for, for, for Kevin Conroy, for me, like I said, like that is the standard for Batman. It's mm-hmm. just like, for anyone who wants to know what is, what his great work, definitely check out uh, Batman the Animated Series. It's available on HBO Max. Also, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. Such a great movie and such great deliveries on his lines, because I think Batman: Master of the Phantasm is one where he he faced a choice of like, does he want to continue being Batman? Because I think he finally found like the love of his life, and he was just like he was telling his parents that he feels regret because he feels like he can't carry out the mission that he promised to carry out because he didn't count on being happy. And I was just like, oof, hearing that, man, phenomenal, phenomenal line delivery. But there's just a lot of lines throughout the series too. Like he's he can make Batman really like witty and charming yeah. and everything like that too, which you don't get in a whole lot of other Batman iterations. Like he really made him feel dynamic as a character. Yeah, it not just like not just like his not just on the Batman persona, but even as Bruce Wayne, he mm-hmm. it was just really great. And I guess like some of my favorite Batman episodes were, were uh, Heart of Ice. Oh, Nora. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, Robin's Reckonings, part one and two. Mm-hmm. What's another one that I really enjoyed? Oh, The Grey Ghost. Yeah. Oof, that episode is going to hit a lot harder now. Oh, God, yeah, good point. Ooh. For anyone who doesn't know, The Grey Ghost uh, brought in Adam West, the Batman from the 60s, to voice in this character who played The Grey Ghost, who was a superhero that in that show Bruce Wayne grew up watching and like kind of helped him inspire to become Batman. So when I decided to watch the series again and it comes to that episode, it's definitely going to hit hard. Yeah. Man, that show's great. Definitely really great. It's for me, it's that's it's it's a ten out of ten series. And I think I'm gonna have to like pick up the Blu-ray copy for this now because I hope it doesn't raise in price because of his passing. So You know it's gonna, man. I really hope it doesn't. Damn inflation. But we'll see. Definitely check out Batman the Anime series for anyone who hasn't. I'll watch it again. And also Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, because my god, Kevin Conroy, a real one. Pour one out for him. I mean, don't. I, I don't want to make a mess in the studio, but I'm doing it metaphorically. <laughs> yes. Taking one in for him. Mm-hmm. Pouring one out into my mouth. Oh, yeah, but I don't know. It's really sad. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I definitely cried about it. Yeah, you were sad posting on Twitter like the entire day you found out. You do that. Because I, I, I was in deep shock. I was like, what the fuck? It's like I just woke up from a nap and it's like like my Batman was gone. My Batman. It's tragic. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still shocked about it. Yeah. It's like, oof. It doesn't feel real. It really doesn't. 
But I guess, you know, this is also a good time to, for us to uh, take a break here and talk about what we are drinking today. I didn't time my can crack. I'm sorry, folks. I did it early. Blew my load <laughs> early. But, uh, yeah, we were talking about inflation Wait. a little bit. And uh, if we're going to drink anything to combat inflation, it's going to be Arizona iced tea. Because <laughs> no drink November is going strong, folks. So no alcohol today. But, yeah, Arnold Palmer. No alcohol today or no alcohol so far? So far. Nice, nice. Two weeks sober. Round of applause. Round of applause. I'm going to remind myself to cue in the Smash Bros. applause. (laughs) Any applause will do, folks. Lady Gaga's applause, you know. But hell yeah, man. Arnold Palmer's the shit. And for anyone who doesn't know, now you know. Keeping cans at 99 cents during these tough times. Gotta respect the game. I didn't even know there's a light half and half. What's the difference between light and the regular half and half? Uh, More sugar? I guess. When it comes to Arizona, I really don't go for the half and half. I usually go for the regular or what's the other one? The grape aid or fruit punch. Oh, dude, Mucho Mango is the best. Or is it Mango Madness? One of the two. It's one of those two. That one's so good. I don't know. I think I had it once and it just tasted off for me and I just couldn't go back to it. I don't know. I forgot to bring, get something to drink this week, folks, and I was grocery <laughs> shopping before I came here, so I happened to see this at Aldi. So that's why we're drinking it. But You could have gone with all these off-brand sodas. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if I want to risk it for that biscuit. I would. Some of them sound weird. They have like a Russian-looking Red Bull that just seems reckless. We should we could have done that. I mean, you see, I got work in the morning. So you see, you see what he does. I would have gotten it. I was provide entertainment value for this podcast. I was distracted. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, I've had Alder Palm before. Nothing special, I guess. It's good. I just remember that ESPN commercial. <laughs> when he goes at the cafe and he mixes them together and they're just like, oh, man, look at the legend. Huh. But hopefully next week we'll have something even better for you guys. I'll find something interesting. I was trying to find something throughout the week, but I couldn't find uh, – because during the holidays, Jones Soda puts out their weird flavors. Right. And I could not find one for the life of me. I can only find their regular flavors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I didn't feel like – Spending $30 on a six-pack. Because for some reason, Jones Soda is really expensive. What the fuck? I have no idea why they're so expensive right now. But I tried to order some from Amazon, and it's like $35 for a six-pack. Jesus fucking Christ. Which, yeah, I'm not going to... I mean, I'm sorry, Claudia, for cursing, but I'm just, like, taking it back. <laughs> See, it's not just me, ma. <laughs> but, uh, I do yeah, put no. I do put on the podcast, this is explicit, so it's not yeah. my fault. See? You've been warned. But, um, yeah, no, during the holidays, they put out, like, really weird flavors. Like, they have, like, a turkey dinner-flavored soda and, like, mashed potatoes. And I remember them having uh, – I don't know if I want to drink this anymore. Creamed corn, what? which I, I had oh, one time God, and no. immediately threw up after drinking. That shit was terrible. I mean, creamed corn looks like throw up to me, so. Yeah, and tasting it doesn't help at all. But uh, I think I'm just going to take charge of bringing in what to drink because I don't even know. <laughs> I don't think I want to let we'll figure B over out. here be in charge of this. Hey, man, go big or go home. Or forget know, entirely and fall back on Arizona iced tea. I mean, you could just go to 7-Eleven and get the flaming Hot Cheetos. I don't do. live close to 7-Eleven, and I don't feel like stopping on the way here because I was already running late. I don't know. It's not like we're on a time clock here. But anyways, this will do for this week, I guess. We're playing it safe. Playing it safe, folks. Not every day can be a home run. Yeah, no. I mean, when my brother was in Japan, I did ask him to bring me back the bleach uh, Coke Zero sodas, but he says that they weigh too much. <laughs> so, they weigh too much? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I don't know. Maybe it was just being lazy. Didn't he buy like nine fucking figures while he was over there? Yeah. You he, son of a bitch, Rich. He brought me back a Saint Seiya uh, figure as well. Worth. Yeah, it definitely was. It's, the, well, it's my favorite character, too. It's a Shiryu with a god version of the dragon cloth. Okay. So, yeah, it's really good. Really good. I'll upload a picture of it on my Instagram. Do that. I got to rewatch that one, too. I'm in a real rewatchy mood lately. Hmm. I'm always in a rewatching mood. I think I'm always just perpetually always watching King of the Hill. <laughs> Not what I was expecting you to go for, but I appreciate that nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, anytime, anytime I had to like cook or like just like pass the time, Do like get, folding, folding laundry or like any chore or anything, I, I think I just have King of the Hill playing. So, all right, that's legit. I like it. But yeah, is, but for I guess another topic we have here is I don't know. I mean. I heard this on the well, not that I heard this. I've recently heard the user friendly podcast talk about this. And I'm just like, it's funny because I was just like, I just watched the episode last week too, and it was fucking hilarious. But Atlanta aired a season, it's well, series finale, but within the final season, there was an episode where it really had to be dying. Is that Disney finally hires its first black CEO uh, named Thomas Washington? It's but the thing is, it's not real, it's a mockumentary, unfortunately. Obviously. It's a mockumentary, and then basically they hired this guy because they thought he was a white dude because of his name. <laughs> but he, turn, <laughs> he turns out to be black, so they're really upset about it, but they're just like, there's nothing we can do about it, so they just have to be like, we got to let this pass because he's just an interim CEO until they can find a new one. Okay. But in that short period of time where this guy has like complete control of what Disney is going to do, he set out to make the blackest film ever. And if you can guess what that movie is, it's, it gets really funny. A, a ham sandwich and a round of applause to you because I was <laughs> not going to guess what this one is. And the movie was a goofy movie, and I, as soon as I saw that in the mockumentary thing, I, I had, I had to pause just to fucking laugh. Which is the greatest movie ever made. It is the greatest movie ever made. But uh, yeah, uh, it was crazy how they tied it all in together because he said it was a movie based off his life and his son named Max. And I'm just like, I'm laughing. I mean, for me, I guess a lot of people thought like you know like the the character Max was just really based off like his own son. But I'm just like, if you never watched Goof Troop, then I guess you wouldn't know about Max. I don't know, but it it was it was to me for me that was like the best episode of Atlanta ever because I'm just like it was fucking hilarious and like that's saying something. There's some really good episodes in the first season. Yeah, no, and like I guess you know he the he, how many seasons he, is that show now? It's four seasons. It went four. All right, that's pretty solid. Yeah, four seasons, but like the whole production of his movie was like based on his life, how him and his son Max went to like this like a uh, lake to go fishing, and I'm like, this is a fucking this is just the whole plot of a goofy movie. And like how he like threw his car into the, like the lake, and I'm just like, my god! It's like they're just running with this. It's a really great episode. Highly recommend for anyone to watch this episode. I'll check it out because the and, real story of how that movie got made is actually pretty awesome. Yeah, because for anyone who doesn't know, the real movie was created by a director who was um, very prolific, like Broadway director. So he was very well versed in musicals. Yeah, and he was actually dying of AIDS at the time. 
when they were making that movie, and they just gave him complete creative control over the movie. And so he was like, I'm making the greatest fucking musical that's ever been made. And he set out to do it. Uh, there's an entire YouTube video that I found that explains why this movie is so great. And basically, like, the uh, three-act structure and, like, the basic breakdown of how songs are supposed to flow in right. uh, a musical and how they use those particular songs to uh, create this movie and its story. Like, there's always supposed to be, like, a declaration of love or a love interest um, in, like, a musical. And they actually chose Nobody mm-hmm. Else But You, huh. which is a love song from a father to a son uh, as that point in the story. It, yeah, it's it's fantastic. If you yeah, because they use that song in the movie, too. Yeah, exactly. That song's amazing. Yeah. Um, genuine tearjerker anytime I watch it. I mean, me, too, because I have, like, a great relationship with my dad, so, it, like, it hits me in the feels. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, um, like, he basically turned a love story, but not between, you know, Max and Roxanne like you think it is. It's a right. love story between Goofy and Max. Right. And, uh, yeah, I've, if, if I can find the video again, we'll link it in whatever media we put this out on. Highly recommend watching it if you're a fan of the Goofy movie. Yeah, the, the director's name is uh, Kevin Lima. Yeah. So shout out to all the Kevins. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> They're okay at some stuff. Hell yeah, Kevin Lima, Kevin Conroy, great people. Oh, my God, a lot of Kevins. I got a, I got a lot of expectations to live up to. But yeah, Goofy movie, such a fantastic movie. Great fucking soundtrack. Tevin Campbell went off in that. So. Dude, he had no business going as hard as he did. Yeah, it's, it's fucking insane. Like, eye to eye, stand, stand out. Oof. Which, okay, we have an ongoing debate about which... It's not really a debate because it's only one answer. It is, which song is the best song of that movie? I say eye to eye is the most iconic and greatest song in that movie. You submit that what song? Stand out. Stand out is the because best song it stands of the movie. Out. Please help us settle this debate. I to you see I how he had, he had no quip to reply to mine, so standout wins. Just because just you make a quip doesn't make it a better song. It definitely does. People let us know which one you prefer, eye to eye or standout. We're, we're, this is going to be another Twitter poll as well because <laughs> I need my army to back me on this one because there's no way that you're going to win Listen, this. man, you already lost the Belgian waffle pancake war, so. Don't get me started <laughs> on that one. <laughs> I am forever furious that nobody had my back on waffles being the superior breakfast food. I it's outrageous to me, and I will die on this hill. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, we. I remember that, and then it was funny enough because I think the world, the twenty eighteen World Cup was happening at that time, and it was Belgium versus France, and I was like, "Look, this <laughs> game is gonna, decided. This game is going to settle it for us right here. This is crepes versus Belgian waffles. D- crepes is not pancakes, okay? I'm just going to say that was an unfair fight. They're they really thin some, pancakes. They had somebody else fighting their battles for them, all right? Pancakes, you stand on your own two feet, and you come at me, Belgium. I don't know, man. According to Talladega Nights, crepes are just really thin pancakes. And waffles are just better, sturdier pancakes too so know, boom, you, lo- you, you lost you lost that war i i'm never gonna concede <laughs> but again back to that atlanta episode it was it's fucking hilarious because i mean i kind of wish that was the real history of how a goofy movie was made but i, don't know. I love the, 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 I love the, the history the as, actual as history is. is just as good as well it's very interesting but definitely I'll, check it out i'll take anything from the mind of donald glover yeah it's it's great um also because a uh, goofy movie was actually the movie 
that introduced that one short i think i mentioned during my halloween updates uh runaway brain yes yeah i do remember this yeah so they played that right before a goofy movie so that's the only time you could ever actually watch it because like i don't know if they ever aired it ever again after that which is funny because i have it on (laughs) blu-ray runaway brain is nowhere to be found in that yeah i don't think they i don't think they released it for the home home video so it was literally just for the theatrical release yeah because i think after that disney didn't like that it portrayed like an evil mickey so they had to protect the brand that's so funny yeah but I, it's it's probably out on youtube somewhere someone definitely has i'm it. sure it is so. before it gets taken down and they get assassinated by the mouse himself yeah no it's a great movie i mean it's a follow-up to the series goof troop that i mentioned earlier if anyone's ever watched goof troop so th- check that out too i mean maybe one day we'll do a whole disney afternoon podcast episode hell yeah i just want to watch goofy movie and an extremely goofy movie too i did like that one too but it just it just wasn't as good as the first one. Oh, it's no near nowhere near as good and at the time i was like oh my god there's skateboards and stuff like that and then you go back and watch it and i'm like man they were pandering to some dumbass kids i was one of them i remember they had that skateboarding game with goofy because of a fucking what yeah there was a skateboarding game of goofy because of an extremely goofy movie it was like tony hawk kind of style goofy goofs pro skateboarder i guess i (laughs) i don't remember the name of the game but i remember it came the demo version of it came with one of my like cereal boxes do a kickflip but yeah the demo version came with like one of my cereal boxes i don't know which one it was but i remember playing it all the fucking time Okay, of all the cereal box prizes I've heard of, that's got to be one of the best ones I've ever seen. They, they used to do demos like that all the time. I, I remember that, but I couldn't tell you for the life of me a single one that I actually like played. I don't know. I mean, And I played several. I mean, back in the day, I, I even got like a PlayStation 1 demo from fucking Pizza Hut. I remember that, too. Do you remember when Burger King was giving out the sneaking game? What game? You sneak king. You played as the king from Burger King, and you would go around and sneak up on people and like give them whoppers. It was the weirdest shit ever. It was uh, it was like an Xbox demo game. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Look it up, sneak king. It's the weirdest game. You literally just go around as the king, which is already creepy enough as it is. It's a creep mascot for sure. Uh, yeah, he's an awful mascot. Um. I don't know how I'm going to search this up right now, but I'll, I'll find it and I'll bring it up again next week. I don't know, but I definitely looked into the director who directed a goofy movie, uh, Kevin Lima, and my God, this dude has hits Boom. on his hands. There we go, sneaking. Yeah, Xbox. How did it get a 6.7 out of 10? I don't know how. I don't know. Trolls. <laughs> but you can get it for $6 on Amazon right now. But also, re- I also remembered when uh, McDonald's was selling VHSs because I think that's where we got our copy of the movie Ghost. They so- ghost? Yes, ghost with Patrick Swayze and uh. They sold that at McDonald's. Yeah, dude, you don't remember when McDonald's was selling VHSs? No, that's also where I, we got ghosts, and I got my copy of the Land Before Time from McDonald's. We were not allowed to get McDonald's as much as you were, apparently. Dude, I remember because they handed the VHS through the drive-through window to my dad, and then he handed me the copy of the movie, The Land Before Time. <laughs> I feel like none of those words should be in the same sentence. It's it was people, dude. 90s for, and for, was like yeah, the nineties were a wild time for anyone who is was not from the nineties and from our younger view. I was gonna say viewers, <laughs> listeners. Who, who is listening to this? That's not immediately one of our friends or something like that. But regardless, hopefully a lot. Man, McDonald's was McDonald's was on. That nineties were a wild time. I found. I think someone found like 
a McDonald's that was like enclosed from the '90s and it's still preserved. So it's it's, it's fucking wild. And I bet those Big Macs are still edible <laughs> because that is not real food. And no, it okay was it, it was shut down. They just boarded it up, but they've never been demolished or anything. I think they still had like the promo pictures from the 1995 Jurassic Park movie. That's awesome. It's like it's like three years after the pandemic and you were still seeing Sonic movie trail uh, posters all over because they just had no <laughs> other movies to promote. That's funny. But again, back to uh, the director for Goofy movie, uh, Kevin Lima. I'm looking at his like uh, oh, resume. What else? And aside from a Goofy movie, he directed Tarzan, another movie with a fantastic soundtrack. Shout out to uh, Phil Collins did not need to go that hard. Um, he directed 102 Dalmatians, which was the sequel. Uh, he directed Enchanted, which is with Amy Adams, where, you know, they come into the real world from the Disney, I guess, animated world, which actually is having a sequel coming up pretty soon, too, Disenchanted, coming out on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Um, and then he also did the story for The Lion King, and was actually the co-director of The Prince of Egypt, which was another phenomenal movie, despite its uh, religious backstory, I guess. I don't know how to say it. For reli- my mom got me that movie just because it was based off fucking religions. <laughs> so, I, I but remember, phenomenal animation the other way. Yeah, I remember watching that and going like, this isn't the movie I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and then he also did Brave. So this guy definitely has a, has quite the resume. Hilarious, though. He was born in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, so it just reminds me of Family Guy. Pawtucket, you don't say. I mean, I hope I hope they had in this guy more work. Cause Ooh, and Brave Little Toaster he worked on. Such a great movie. Animator and character designer. Wow. Another another guy who everything he touched turns to gold. So I hope they gave this guy more work. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. But aside from that, I don't know. Do you have did you get have any questions or anything else to touch upon? Questions? <laughs> I don't know. I forgot to I forgot to put up all to ask for questions on my Instagram page. I always forget. Uh how much wood could a wood chuck chuck of a wood chuck could chuck wood? I think Geico covered that. <laughs> did they pretty sure okay but i don't know uh, other than that do you have anything else uh no man see i prepared so much today and i just uh, i left my list at home yeah <laughs> can you tell Caddy does most of the heavy lifting here folks yeah if i go down this podcast goes down it's okay i'm not gonna keep it going without you buddy oh man but other than that i think that pretty much covers up for today you know as like always to our listeners or listener <laughs> thanks for listening um you can always find me on instagram and youtube geek night 90 for instagram geek night for youtube same for twitter geek night 90 do you finally have a handle ready to give these people if not i'm gonna i'm gonna you know i do but just to keep the bit going i'm not gonna nah fuck this we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna dox this dude uh let me let me make a new instagram but my uh my twitter is uh, i think it's bumbling b1 yeah. Which I don't. He's at Bumbling B1. I, I don't ever tweet, so good luck getting any in, entertainment out of there, folks. But uh, send me something. DM me. Send me a good joke. Scroll scroll through his feed. You'll it's, find something. It's not that interesting. I've scrolled through it. It's not that interesting. <laughs> but aside from that, thanks for listening to another episode of the Divergence Podcast. This is your host, Ketty. It's B. Later, losers. Yeah, and have yourselves a damn good one. Night. I am Batman! <laughs> <laughs>